Welcome back to the RAG podcast as I, Sean Anderson, the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, bring to you season three of the recruitment agency growth show that I started uh, about 18, 19 months ago now. Um, you may have noticed I've had a couple of weeks off after spending a little bit of downtime at the end of such an intense period of daily episodes in lockdown. Um, and now I'm excited to be back uh, with the show. Uh, the show is going to change. It's going to be a slight evolution of what you're used to. We are going to keep the RAG report, which is going to be a brand new show all about marketing brands, social media content, and technology in our space. Um, but the RAG podcast is going to stay as a once a week show um, where I interview recruitment owners and tell their story. Now, telling their story of business growth will be part of it, but this season we're going to get more personal. I want to get under the bonnet of the human side of running a recruitment business and what what's the reality of the shit we all have to deal with in order to try and be successful in this world that we now face. Um, today, for the first episode of season three, I was delighted and excited to be joined by Lee Glynn. Lee is the CEO and founder of Reliable Healthcare Group, um, a specialist healthcare recruitment company with about 15 staff across the UK, delivering into NHS, uh, private practice, um, and, and residential home care. Now, Lee, um, is a, a, a guy that I've known through LinkedIn, through social media for a couple of years. And I only met him once at the, the Recruitment Agency Expo last, this year, earlier this year. But um, he's, a, he's a super well-dressed character who is quite consistent with his videos on LinkedIn. Um, and his content is all around mental health. Uh, Lee, Lee talks a lot about anxiety, depression, and how he's fighting that whilst also running a recruitment company, being an entrepreneur. Um, and so in, to, to kick this season off all about the human side of running a recruitment business, I felt like Lee would be an, an amazing guest. Um, in this episode, I, I learned so much that I didn't know about Lee's upbringing, um, you know, growing up as a, as a, with a single parent, his mother, um, being bullied at school, suffering with severe asthma, um, and then trying to take his own life at 17 whilst in his first year or so of recruitment. Um, this guy has been through a lot. Um, and is very open today about his anxiety and depression and how he's, he's dealing with a constant battle in his own head on a daily basis. He said he has two, two monkeys, one's positive, one's negative, that, he's, that are talking to him. Uh, but at the same time, he, you know, he's, he's trying to fight it and he, he's positive and um, he's a role model for so many and he's got, he's got a lot going on and he's got a great team uh, and he's got a really strong business. So um, we talked all about Lee's upbringing, um, what, how he got into recruitment, why he started a business, how he keeps himself um, in, in check, how he, he is the best version of himself for his children and his, his employees. Um, but at the same time, we talked about some of the downsides, some of the pressure points and things that do get to him. Um, I want, I'm hoping this is going to resonate with a lot of us that in, in, you know, we, we might not be in, in intense lockdown in the UK right now, but we are still in a form of lockdown. COVID-19 hasn't gone anywhere. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I've personally had some real mental struggles recently with everything that's going on. So it was a real, it felt like a bit of therapy for me to talk to, to Lee, to be honest. And um, he's amazing. He's a good listener as well as a talker. So um, I really hope you enjoy this show. Now, before I get into the episode, I want to introduce our first sponsor today, which is Rise Recruitment Ventures. Rise, as you know from my previous, um, if you're a listener, are one of our clients who are specifically a recruitment investment business. 
These guys uh, have built and sold recruitment companies in the past. They sold liquid personnel and made over 20 million in 2016 from the sale of that business. Throughout the lockdown period, these guys have spent their time effectively helping current entrepreneurs of, of small to medium-sized recruitment companies and speaking to people that were planning to leave uh, their businesses this year to start their own. Um, these guys are offering not only free advice, but they do have an arm where they can offer capital and expertise to build world-class recruitment businesses that are set for scale and exit. So they're not in this for, you know, to, to create lifestyle businesses. They want to help businesses grow for an exit. So if you like the thought of that, if you're an early stage recruitment owner or a soon to be recruitment owner, and you think that capital and expertise to support your growth would help you exit the business in the future for some, some financial gain, um, then I would reach out to these guys via www.riserv.co.uk. Back to the episode with Lee. Without further ado, Lee, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thank you very much, Sean. Thanks for having me. No worries, uh, about time. I know it's been it's been it's been a good few years where I've been following your uh, your podcast. And I was like, I want to get on that one. Yeah, well, we <laughs> I think we spoke in January or February about you being on, and then the, it's just the for some reason we never got it done. But we're finally there. We're finally there. Um, Lee, I uh, I've, I've done you an intro there, mate. But I always I'd always prefer that you you do it justice. So can you for the for the benefit of our, of all the listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, Hi everyone, my name is Lee Glynn. Um, I'm the founder and group CEO of Reliable Healthcare Group. Um, my day-to-day life is managing a few businesses and being a, a sort of a keynote speaker and mentor regarding mental health in a workplace. And I also am a mentor for Virgin Startup Young Entrepreneurs. So my, my, my days are quite busy, but you know, I enjoy it very much. You're also the best dressed guy on LinkedIn. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, I've lost quite a lot of weight, and I, I know cameras had ten pounds. But um, yeah, I, I thought um, I was thirty-nine at the end of June, and I said I need to get in shape again. Wow. Um, so I've, I've been running about six, seven k on average a day. It um, works, doesn't it? It does, and I feel better for myself as well. My mindset is better as well, but. I feel if I don't run, I feel like I've cheated on myself if I don't go for a run. Well, I just, um, I, I actually, my PT, uh, I had a PT, for the last 12, so about 12 months ago, I, I started getting back into shape. I was never out of shape, but I say that, I was when I, looking back, fucking hell, but you kind of just drift into a, into a habit, yeah. don't you? And, you know, last summer I got married, I was moving house, I was running business. Cheers, mate. I was doing all sorts. Um, and then, I looked at myself, I was like, ooh. And then, but then I got into this habit of going to the gym a couple of times a week, had a PT, played with my food loads. And I didn't really change much. I got into better, I was a bit more muscly, if you like. No, I've never been like a muscly guy. So yeah. anyone, anyone who doesn't know me, you're not imagining like Arnie. You're just, <laughs> for me, a, a bit better. But then lockdown I'll came. Be back. Lock, but lockdown came and I started doing... Uh, this thing called 75 hard, which I'm not going to go into detail because I've mentioned it loads, but basically for 75 days, I didn't drink alcohol. I trained twice a day for 45 minutes. I ate no takeaways and I stripped about six, six and a half kilos. Um, and now, now leaving that I'm still, I've had a couple of beers here and there. I, I eat a bit more take. I've had a couple of takeaways, but my habits now I'm doing 15 to 20 minutes of yoga every morning without fail. 
And then I'm walking the dog like two, three times a day and I'm going for a run most days. Like yeah. again, six, seven. I did the half marathon for Odro last week and I've, I feel like, you know, I can't believe I did all them weights for so long, but I neglected just going for a run. Yeah, and no, fuck me, it, it's free. Even in the pissing rain, it feels good. And yeah. you, you look better. Like, it's a, so sense of a sense of achievement, isn't it? A, a lot of people go, oh, I can't run because it's boring. Yeah, sometimes it is boring and your mind does wonder and you think about lots of things. But when you get to the end of that run, you're thinking, wow, I've completed it where I could have just been sitting on a sofa 40 minutes yeah. watching reruns of Only Fools and Horses, even though I love <laughs> that program. But you, yeah. do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you sit there and go, right, if I get up now, I could be back in 40 minutes. Yeah. And it's having that mindset and that get up and go to go and do it. And yeah, you do feel, you feel great about yourself. And, uh, do you know what so you just said it. there though? The, the key thing you just said was actually, it is, it is about the, the mindset. It's about the fact that yeah. even when you're doing weights, you know, you're checking your phone, you're chatting to someone when you're, you, you, you know, so many activities, you, you're, you, you, you can't really think you're always doing stuff. Whereas when you're running, you, you've got to deal with your own thoughts. Like you, you, yeah, it's, only, no, it's, you, it's you against your brain, isn't it? Like, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. should I get... stop running? Should I stop running? No, get to the next point. And I use Strava. Um, yeah. And when I first started running, I was doing 540 a K yeah. a minute. I've got it down to 420. Oh, so, mate, I'm nowhere near you then. I'm, my, fast, my fast pace is about 550. So. <laughs> but that's still good timing. That is yeah. a still good time. But it's about the accomplishment. Yeah. I don't think it, individually it's about what you want to set as your goal. Your goal is going to be totally different to everyone else's. As long yeah, as you yeah. achieve your goal, then don't worry about what other people are getting up to. Nah. Well, look, I, uh, I love that. So let's go back a bit. So you've, you, you've got loads of stuff going on. You own Reliable Healthcare Group, recruitment business. You also, I've seen on LinkedIn, have you got an education rector as well? Uh, well, we're diversified now because obviously yeah, COVID-19. Tough time. So we, so we spe- yeah, volcan- volcanic rectorate. Rect, so we specialize in uh, recruitment companies, not just education now. So anything from finance, healthcare, IT, um, education. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I set it up just before COVID it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's been all right. You know, it's been, it's been good. But as you know, there's plenty of, very good people out there at the moment that are looking for jobs um, and there's a lot of companies out there that will just go and use and go direct off of LinkedIn which you know I've got no issues with that no problems because I've done exactly the same thing so yeah it's just uh, we're, we're taking it nice and slow with that one we don't want to push it and ram it down clients throats because they know they can go and get it free which is the objective anywhere and anywhere yeah, else. If you've, anyway. got, if you've got the time and, and the effort, and of course you should be able to, but most people have got other things to do. What? Tell us a bit more about reliable healthcare. Like, what? What's the business yeah. looking like? And how have you? How have you? How are you shaping up in lockdown? Yeah. So, reliable healthcare group. I set it up in 2017, um, December 2017. So only two and a half years yeah. young. Um, take away four or five months in lockdown. Uh, and about six months set up. We only had a really good core about a year and a half of actual um, trading. But within that two and a half years, um, we've become one of the leading suppliers in Scotland. Right. Um, and we have multiple tier one and sole exclusivity contracts with major services um, within uh, private, private hospital groups, the NHS, uh, supported living and residential and care. Um, so we're, we're up to around about 15 people now. Great. Um, 
we're ba- our headquarters is based in Brentwood, Essex, um, but we're looking to open little little offices in Scotland and the Southwest and the Midlands, so we can sort of attract the best talent and the best workers locally, uh, which will give our clients the opportunity to have that local worker come in for them rather than someone coming away from four hours. Um, and have you found company. have you found this period to be busier then in this because I imagine healthcare has had a boom. Yeah, well, do you know what? I might, I might be playing devil's advocate here, but every, all my family, all my friends actually saying, wow, you must be like minted. Yeah. I'm like, no. One, first of all, we don't charge our clients stupid rates. Uh, 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 my motto is we can help them reduce their agency spend by 20%. And I'm all about helping clients reduce their spend rather than going, yeah, we can service you, but this is going to be our rate. And this is our rate. You, we're not going to move on that. So the, the the model is we would always help them reduce their spend whilst maintaining a very high level of quality of compliant workers. Uh, but with the COVID at the moment, going to your question, no, it's it's been it's been busy in troughs. But you know, a lot of a lot of residential care homes and hospitals have had that fear factor that agency workers work at multiple sites. So they feel like they might have caught something from that site and passed it on. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's testing that we've done. But it doesn't work, in my opinion, testing, because my worker can go and get tested today, get the results and say they're clear from COVID, tomorrow catch it and not know they've got it. Hmm. So it, it, I, I think testing is just to say, look, we've done it. And the government to say, look, we have put it out there for people. But you can catch it the next day and not realize you have it and walk around thinking you're, you're, you're free from it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've maintained our clients, we've maintained their workload. It could be busier, but like everyone, as I said to you earlier, everyone is in the same boat. Apart from bakeries and supermarkets where they are actually flying. Um, I think Walburton turned over an increase in 70% wow. in, in March, April for the two months for their last year. Um, so, you know, each to their own, but no, we're, we're surviving. A quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Odro is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process, so from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys. They're, they are awesome and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. 
you hear some horror stories of, of businesses that have not made a single placement since the beginning of lockdown recruitment companies yeah. and I feel for them all um, but there are yeah, absolutely there are there are businesses that that are surviving and, and there's a lot that are thriving as well it's a, our sector is quite cool in, in a way that from my perspective you know looking holistically across the board you you, you by just talking to recruiters, I kind of, you know, then how the other like economic factors are going. Cause yeah. you know, I know that certain industries are doing well because the recruitment companies are busy. Whereas, yeah. you know, and, and there'll never be a blanket recruitment companies are dead because there'll always be certain industries work doing well. And there'll be always in recruiters in that space. But, um, I definitely thought I definitely had this vision that healthcare would be like, you know, top of the tree. So interest in that. Um, yeah. A lot of hospitals close their walls or if they've got COVID-19 in the walls, they're not allowed workers there or they don't allow their own substantive staff to go and work agency. Mm. So, yeah, like like you said, some someone's busy or someone's not. But it's whatever you make it, you know. If you want to make it busy, you can make it busy. Um, so, yeah. What I, what I wanted to talk about throughout this 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 episode with you is is mindset and, and how you maintain a positive mindset. I know you've had some challenges in the past. I want to find out more. Um, and, and the one thing I always see from you, Lee, is, is a consistent positivity on LinkedIn, right? And you're always, even when you're being vulnerable, you're very positive in the vulnerability. Like you, yeah. I've never seen you put something out that's made me think, you know, he's just, he's just dumping on people. You're always trying yeah. to pick, pick people up. And I think that's brilliant. So let's go back. Like, can you tell us a bit more about like your past and where, your challenges started like what's what's actually gone on for you yeah of course well i was, bit, uh, I was brought up um by my mother yeah. um with, along with my brother uh, single single parent until she met my stepdad when i was about 10 11 uh, my real dad wasn't around um sperm donor which is <laughs> known yeah. as uh, so it had a, had a huge impact on me you know before i was born um my mum found out and kicked him out so it did have an impact that I didn't have a father figure in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously she met my stepdad, who's my dad now, uh, classifying as my real dad. Um, and he brought me up. Um, but I think my way I got bullied at school because I had severe asthma. Um, I, I missed half my school life with asthma. Um, I was in an isolation tent as a kid, a baby as well. My mum couldn't even hold me. Um, it really had a it really had an effect. And when I got bullied at school because the drugs I was taking stunted my growth, um, you know, and I was an easy target. Um, but and if you're till, not there, if you're not there that often as well, you're not going to build those relationships like everyone else. So you're always you're always playing second fiddle, aren't you? No, absolutely, yeah, because you, you're missing out on so much. Mm. Um, but I tried to make up for it with sport. I played even though I'd asked my in the first team of the school of football, basketball. Um, badminton and so forth but I think it, it all came to a head when I was 14 um, my consultant doctor said you've got to be on drugs for the rest of your life steroids to keep you strong and I said I can't do it no more it's really getting to me I can't do it no more it's stunning my growth I'm not going to have development so I said I'm going to stop and she said well okay you can stop but you could die and that was a risk I was going to take because I weren't happy mm. so I stopped at 14 taking my medication touch wood I lost, I lost the asthma. I've uh, never had it again. Never taken a pump in my life since I was 14. Wow. I grew a little bit. I'm now five foot 11. I've <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, got some hairs on my leg. Um, and I grew, I grew in confidence. You know, when I hit 17, 18, I started to grow in confidence. Um, but I think when my mental health started, it was when I first got into recruitment. 
I'm not saying don't get into recruitment because you're going to suffer. Um, it's, I got into recruitment. My first recruitment job uh, was in industrial recruitment um, and was opposite the Ford's Motor Plant in Dagenham. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, can I go, can I go over there if they, and see if they want to use us? And they went, well, are you joking? They've got a PSL. I went, oh, all right, what's that? I didn't know what a PSL was at the time. And I was only a 16-year-old lad wanting a bit of money while studying. So I said, I'm going to go over there. So I knocked on the door and I said, excuse me, can I speak to the, the hiring manager or someone in charge of agency? And they said, well, why, why do you want him? I said, well, I work across the road. Um, it's an industrial recruitment agency. And I just want to talk to him how we can help. So he gave me 10 minutes of his time. Um, and I said to him, the selling point was, how much does it cost you when an agency worker that you use doesn't turn up and you have to get a replacement from your current agency? He said, well, they can turn up 45 to an hour late. So that's going to cost us a thousand pound in production time. So I said to you, I said to him, what if I can get your worker within five minutes to come over if someone doesn't turn up? He said, how are you going to do that? So I said, we can have a breakfast club, six in the morning, if your shift starts at seven. And if you need anyone, we're having them here waiting and they can just walk across. I walked out with 200 orders of production stuff. So here I was walking back in, like, we've got, we've got a chance here. Um, and one of the workers, a year later, one of the workers mucked up something and didn't get the workers in on time. And they put, it on, they put it on me. And I wasn't even there at the time. And I was like, why are you doing that to me? Why can't you just admit it? You know, I've got the contract. We're doing really well. Why are you trying to play blame game on me? And then my mental health started to deteriorate. Um, and then that's when I tried to take my own life. What, based um, on that scenario? Based, based on, yeah, why? That question, why are they picking on me? I had flashbacks to being bullied back at school because um, I used to say to my mum because of my asthma am I going to die tonight am I going to wake up so I had to go and see a, psych um, a psychiatrist about why am I asking my mum when I was a kid am I going to die I really had a fear of dying from my asthma so everything just flashed back at me and I just thought do you know what maybe it's me maybe it is me maybe I'm better off not being here so um, I got um, some tablets I, at the time they were powder capsules so I put all the powder into the drink I think there must have been about 20 of them 25 mixed it up drunk it my mum come come in and obviously I was out cold uh, and then obviously long long short of the story I came around went to hospital the doctor said just because you took the powder out and drunk it it spread around your body and it didn't conceal in one place that's why you'll survive wow um, and then ever since that, I've, I've struggled with anxiety, um, depression. And yeah, I do put a picture on it. I do smile and I do say, don't hide behind the smile. Don't live behind jokes. You know, be yourself. If you're feeling vulnerable, especially the males, because we need to be this alpha male, um, you, you need to talk about it. You need to take that first step. And I did. Um, and it did help massively. But even though I've been in recruitment for 23 years, I still get anxiety going to a client meeting. Really? I still get anxiety interviewing someone to come and work for me. Um, and yeah, and I've uh, stages of depression as well. How did you, so how did you bounce back from that? So you, you know, you're working for that agency, you've been hit with 
accusations that you think are unjust. You, you've gone extreme and thought, I want to get out of this. You yeah. come back around. You, you must feel like, you know, I've been given a second chance here because the doctor said I should be dead. Yeah. What, what did you do next to get back in track? And how, how did your career evolve? I think it was my mum. You know, I owe everything to my mum. She worked three jobs when I was a kid to just to keep us afloat. And I called my nanny my mum because I saw more of my nanny at school than I did my mum because she yeah. had three jobs. It was what she said to me. She said, Lee, no matter what you do in life, you can always talk to me, never be ashamed. And that resonated with me. And that was the point where I said, right, I am going to be open with you, mum. Anytime I'm going to feel down, I'm going to talk to you. And you're not going to judge me. And that was it. That The fear factor was being judged. And my mum said she would never, ever judge me. So then I started to open up. And I started to get a bit of sense in life. I was only 17 still. So, you know, 17-year-old coming up to 18, I was like, what do I want in life now? I've done this and I've got, I've got a second chance. Um, so I decided to finish my A-levels and go straight to work. I wanted to earn money. I just wanted to get my mind into it, learn the craft of recruitment and build my way up in a career. Um, and I was lucky enough, I fell into a healthcare recruitment, um, learned my trade. Um, and then, you know, I got my confidence. I was talking to people, talking to my, you know, my colleagues with confidence. Uh, they respected me. You know, they, they, they had, you know, that mutual understanding on what we're doing in, in work. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, we got on well. And I thought, you know what, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, I, found, I think I found my calling. And everyone says you fall into recruitment. Yeah, you do. You, you, you do in a way, um, you know, you don't, you don't stay in recruitment for 23 years if you don't love it. Um, and I just got that bug where I wanted to help others mm-hmm. find work and help clients. And, and that's the simple thing of recruitment. You want to help a candidate, you want to help a client. Simple as that. And I built it all the way through. And it just felt like I, I, I've got a calling to help other people now. Um, and it was only like, like last five Five to seven years, I started being very open about who I am, where I've come from, and how I've dealt with my mental health. Because you see all these famous people like Robin Williams, you know Heath Ledger, Lincoln Park singer that that, yeah. that t- t- taking their taking their life, Amy Winehouse, taking their uh, to you know Mike Facetis, uh, taking their own life because whatever's going on behind closed doors, they didn't want to show it to the public. Um, but I, 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 I feel that you shouldn't be ashamed what goes on in your personal life. If you're going to be judged by others and they're going to start commenting negative, then you don't need them in your life. No. Um, and you are going to get that. You are going to get people that are going to talk negative about you. But so what? It's only gossip. It's only, it's only people having their opinion. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. Do you know what the challenge is, though? It's like, because I've been there... I've had a couple of experiences where really close people to me are, are going through things and I'm pro- I'm in a situation now where I've got someone close to me who's going through some stuff and I've, I feel recently I've struggled with some stuff as well. And I don't know. It's like the hardest thing when you're, especially when you're talking to someone who you can see is suffering and they're opening up to you and your mum probably does this with you or, you know, it's just like they can't, it's so hard. I'm not trained in this stuff, so I don't know what to say, but yeah, yeah. you can see the benefits and the simplicity of the problem. And they can't, they just can't see it. 
you know, like your mum can look at you and go, you're a great looking recruiter who's making good money. You've got, you've got personality, you've got everything to live for. And you see in the mirror, this guy who's fucking failing, who's underperforming, who's, you know, you're seeing two different yeah. things. Yeah. So how Absolutely. the hell, and I don't know if you've been trained in this, because genuinely, it's just something I want to learn and want to want to understand more. How the fuck do you, how do you see or get the person to start to see what's great about them that you can see so simply, so easily? Yeah, I think, I think it's, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. I don't see that. Like, when I put these videos on, YouTube, on my YouTube channel about mental health, people comment and say, you look great. Like, you look smart, you're well-dressed. That's got nothing to do with my mental health. So, mm. like, you're commenting on, oh, you look great. But you can't see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's when people keep telling you, you start believing. And you start feeling that everyone in this world can't be wrong. Mm. If they're, you're approaching them, everyone can't be wrong. But sometimes it is an act. Like I, play, I play this character because... When sometimes my confidence is so low, I go into this character like method acting, mm. and I become Mr. Recruitment. Oh, um, mate. I, I can remember that. In recruitment, I remember, I remember one of my best mates who works with me in, my, in our rec to rec, Adam, worked for me at Venquist for four years. And he said to me not too long ago, he was like, you were just so fucking positive every day. Like, he's like, how did you keep that up? And I, I said to him, like, mate, I used to walk down the street to the office some days, like dying inside. Like my men, I felt like shit. I was just like yeah. tired. I'm overworked. I'm stressed. Shit's going wrong elsewhere. And then, but I would snap a thing. As soon as I got out of the lift, I'd be like, whoa. And I'd, and I'd, I used to do this thing where I used to say, um, I can hear deal music. And yeah. my team would be like, what? I'd be like, I can hear deal music today. And I'd be like, who's going to do the deal? And I'd, I would be this life that then they would buzz off and, yeah. Within, within five minutes I could just go back to my desk and I'd already done what I needed to do um, yeah. but it drains that drains you as well it's really it's so difficult to keep that up and, and luckily it, it, it is and you, it comes a part of your routine I, I have a number one rule that my staff can come to me with their problems their personal life issues because that's a part of the well-being mm -hmm. but I would never go to them with my problems they can't see their leader being weak. Because as soon as they see their leader being weak, even though it's okay to be weak, they can become weak too. And I want to I keep them strong. Um, so yeah, walking in in the morning, right guys, yeah, deal music's going to go. You're going to get the first deal. Let's rock this up. Let's all stand up. Let's get it going. And then come into the office and cry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is crazy. I can't do this. But it's such a, it, it's just a normality. Um, and like what's, I said, going I love... on, what's going on in your, in your head when, when you're feeling that anxiety or, you know, you're not feeling good? What's the, what's the loop of conversation going through your head? Do you know what? It's, it's, I've, got two, I've, got, I've got two mind monkeys. Right, it's like on. good and evil. Yeah. They talk to me. They're like, right, right, you're going you, to get over this today. You're going you're gonna to go into your office and you're going to absolutely smash it. And someone, there's another one saying, no, you're not, you're fucking shit. Like, you can't even walk out the street without, without, without sweating, without being nervous. So how are you going to go to work and smash it? How are you going to go and pick your people up and get them to make more money for you? You can't do it. 
But it's overcoming that. It's overcoming that. It's the mindset to say, okay, you're only in my head. You're not an actual thing. Hmm. I'm, I'm human. I, I can control used to. Okay, I'll let the good one carry on talking, but I'm going to control the bad mind monkey and I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, you might destroy him in that day and next day it starts over again. But I tell you what, I feel bloody good when I do destroy him in that day and it disappears. Um, and what you're saying is the loop is like, it's, it's some, some part of your brain's telling you that you can't do what you need to do. And there's another part saying you can. Um, it's a bit like Grand Dog Day. Well, I find that, I mean, I'm reading a book, Mindfulness, and it talks about anxiety and depression. And depression is looking back and anxiety is looking forward, right? So yeah. depression, depression is the past playing. And I, I'm very guilty of not living in the present. I know that. I know I'm, I'm either thinking about what I've done and what I didn't do and how I should have done it better. Or I'm already in next week, next year, next month. Yeah thinking shit well you've got to get there how are we going to do it and yeah and then you you know you find yourself thinking how am i even enjoying today like i'm I'm not even you know i'm outside and the weather's great and you're like well my brain is is in next week so it's yeah. like you're walking like a fucking zombie through life like that's the truth isn't it it's like and i've been trying to do some breathing techniques and um just just trying to stop myself regular points through the day and like just think like take in look around like listen to sounds like try and just be in the room and that i think yeah. when you're an entrepreneur and you've got people and it's sales and there's numbers i don't know it's so life's so fast-paced it's hard to it's hard to just experience what's going on in that moment it is yeah I t well i tell all my stuff i tell all my staff i tell to my clients that i work with young entrepreneurs you need to break your day up. If you're on the phone 12 hours a day, it's not good for you. No. Even though you want to make that sell and you want to make that money, it can be done. If you do less better, it can be done. So we've got a pool table here. The guys go and play pool outside their lunch hour. So if they're, if they're doing their work and they're like, right, 15 minutes or 10 minutes, let's have a quick game. They've forgot about work because they're concentrating on beating that person at pool because that's how competitive they are. And then they come back to their desk and they will do more work in that next 10 minutes than they would have done in the next 20, 30 minutes yeah, yeah. if they didn't go and play. It's not all about old school recruitment now where you're on the phones, KPIs, you've got to make 100 calls, 200 calls to get the business because it, technology technology is, is evolved in a, in a different way now. You know, like WhatsApp, a lot of people communicate by WhatsApp, Zoom, um, you know, virtual meetings. So it's not, it's not about whipping because... No. I had that done to me back in the day, and I learned a lot of good things in this industry from my, from my, from my peers, my my bosses, and I learned a lot of bad things. So I've thrown thrown away the bad things, kept the good things that I've learned, and then it implemented my my way of working. A final interruption to today's episode to introduce our third sponsor, Vincere. Vincere is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry. Now, I first heard about these guys about a year ago. The amount of prospect recruitment agencies and clients I was working with that were telling me they were moving over to Vincere, I had to look into it. And what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and, have, and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a, a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are, are doing this to give their 
their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 Crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, if you're a rag listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a rag listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash rag, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening to your recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. Um, so yeah, it's not all about you're in nine to five, you crack on, you don't get off from your desk, you, you stand up until you get a deal. It doesn't work like that. And that will cause that their mind just to go, you know what, don't want to be here. No. So you need to create a happy environment. So and, uh, hard. It's so hard. We we've had it as well. Like if you look at lockdown, my business has survived really well actually. Like we've we've worked our absolute bollocks off, we've kept our clients. If anything, we've had no, I've had no time off. Like, I've not had a day yeah. off. I've not had a day off since January. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm, that's why I'm, the podcast has had a break. Cause I had to have a I'm mentally, I needed to fucking just, I needed yeah, to work, yeah. drop something. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you people, we've, we've looked at it and said, look, the last three months, the agenda had to be business, say, say protection and, and, and yeah. that was the number one agenda. And, but now like the people agenda has to come back because People are. If you carry on with that attitude, you're going to burn everyone out. And I know that as much as them. Um, when yeah. did you going back a bit, Lee? When did you decide you wanted to be a business owner? I think I've always had that aspiration, but I've never had the knowledge as a young lad. You know, if I went into business at 19, 20, I most would have failed. Mm. 21, 22 would have still failed because I've been in this industry 23 years and I'm still learning. I'm still learning to this day and I'll learn to I've died. So I think, I think it, it came to a head when I was at a company called TTM Healthcare. Um, absolutely wonderful company. I was a director there. Um, Brian Crowley, um, ex-founder of TTM, was an absolutely amazing mentor along with Barry Pactor. Um, and then I got a taste of it because I was in that role. Uh, and they, they let me run with the business and said, right, take control of this site, of the UK site. And I thought, do you know what? I can do this. This is my dream now to go and push it forward. Um, and I thought, you know, what can I call it? What can I call a name where I can be so fearful of being called something else? So then Reliable Healthcare Group come to me. And I thought, the fear in that is my clients and candidates call me unreliable healthcare. So I went for it because failure is what motivates me really? every day. Apart from my children, failure motivates me every day because I don't want to fail. So I wake up every morning knowing I'm not going to fail and that motivates me. But you say you apart, um, from your, apart from your children, but surely failing on them is also driving you to be a better father, right? Oh, absolutely. My, if, I, if I was successful in my suicide attempt, I wouldn't have my two beautiful girls. Mm. 
They, they are my world. This is what I do it for. And I know every father will say that. They do it for their, their children. But I, I honestly, I dote on my children. I work, I come into the office and I go home about seven, eight o'clock. I, I, I spend time with them. They go to bed. I go for a run. I come home after my run, flip my laptop on. And you know, even if it's just sending messages on LinkedIn or trying to create network, that's still a part of your working life. Um, and I don't, I don't stop like you. I don't stop, but sometimes you need to stop. You know, I went on my first holiday last year, and that was my first holiday for five years. And prior to that was, you know, holiday for five years. So I, I put my life on hold for my business, but I put it on hold for my children to give them the best upbringing I can. Because obviously my, my, my upbringing wasn't that good, having, not having a father there. But like I said, my mum was an amazing mother and father. But I, want, I don't want that for my children. I, I, I believe that, you know, you're lucky if you get one good parent in life. I really do. I, when I was a, I was a school teacher for, for three years and I was, my mum was a similar story. My dad wasn't away, but he wasn't, he was in my life, but we were, it was more like a, what's the word? More like an uncle type character, really. Yeah. It was good fun. Saw him on a Saturday, but he's still not, I think he'd be pretty honest now. Like if, he's not the guy you run to if you've got a problem, right? But my mum yeah. was, was unbelievable. She was just like this rock solid character. Um, and I, I didn't realize how powerful one, one parent can be until I worked in a school where I met kids that had none. So they, you know, these kids weren't orphans, but both their parents were just wasted time. Like one lad turned up on a, he turned up on a Friday morning. I remember it was, a, it was a, the second lesson of the day, quarter past 10 rolls in and I'm like, quarter past 10. And he goes, sorry, sir. I thought it was Saturday. And everyone cracked up, right? Including me. I thought it was quite a funny comment. Anyway, I was like, all right. I didn't want to put him under any pressure because I knew he had a tough background. I was like, all right, yeah. just get on with it. Anyway, at the end of the session, I spoke to him. I was like, what do you mean you thought it was Saturday? And he goes, well, I got up at pretty much normal time. And my dad made me a bacon sandwich. And uh, I'm sat watching daytime TV with my dad. And I realized it was a different program. And I'm like, what made me really sad was that his dad had sat there, not woke him up made him a sandwich and not one point said, by the way, you should be at school. Yeah. Just like, yeah. You know what? And he'd let this kid sit there, watch fucking Trisha or something until the kid yeah. figures out it's the wrong thing. He's got day. to be at school. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I felt sick after that. I felt sick. Um, so, I mean, I've got no kids, but for me, the driver when I do will be hundred percent that like you know just yeah. you've got to be there right you got to, and, and it cost a fortune as well oh, yeah. i've got a 12 year old and uh coming up to a five-year-old a 12 year old i was like this 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 i want this i want that <laughs> and she's like a little entrepreneur as well she's she's got a little she's got about four instagram businesses um so like i think one company's called stickerberry so really? it's like bes bespoke and handmade stickers she draws it on the ipad um, and yeah, it's absolutely amazing what she does. She's you making know, money so out of it. Yeah, she's making money. So she's, <laughs> pay, she's paying rent at 12 years old. Uh, so, Love that. Yeah. That is an entrepreneur in the making. Um, absolutely. But, uh, so what does, what, what's, what's the future look like for you? If you're going to, if you're going to prediction, like where are you heading? What's the plan? Hopefully win the lottery, Euro millions. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I've not checked my ticket actually for Tuesday. So hopefully I might be sitting <laughs> on a few bob. Um, I think obviously the, 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 the instant sort of future is reliable healthcare group um, to, to expand that, um, to make sure our existing clients are taken care of 
and our candidates are taken care of. Build, build the company to around 30 plus people internally. Really? Um, and then obviously the frameworks are coming out. Um, so hopefully we'll be awarded the frameworks. We'll open up the NHS for us even more. Um, but, you know, just to, just to uh, I know agencies say it, but just to help cut costs of agency spend, because it can be done and recruitment agencies still have a very valued business. Um, you don't need to make the £20 an hour margins to have a sustainable, sustainable business. We can make £2 an hour, £3 an hour and have longevity across 10, 15 years. Um, and then hopefully if we get on the, hopefully we get on the frameworks and franchise the name um, and have um, multiple owners of their franchisees so they can use our brand and use our contracts to facilitate even more hospitals get more workers in because we know our short staff, the NHS is in at, at, at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, maybe maybe 10 years to do a management buyout, an acquisition or sell, just to see where, see where the market is actually. Um, but yeah, for the next five, five years, it's just driving reliable healthcare group um, to the next stage of development and growth. And what what's your plan? How are you going to make sure you you stay fit to do it? How are you going to stay mentally fit to do that? I think carry on doing what I'm doing. I know my anxiety is never going to go. I, I, you know, it's never going to go. It doesn't matter if it's on level one or level 10. It will never go. What does it It'll feel like? What does it actually feel like for you? Um, shaking. I shake. You know, I get... I, I, get, I don't sweat like all coming down me, but I can feel myself getting hot. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go in. I, I'm driving to work and I'm like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. There's no way I want to go in. I can't, I can't get out of my car to walk up the stairs to the office. But then you know you've got to. Hmm. You've got to do it. You're the leader of the company. You've got to do. How that. do you find like getting through basic tasks? Because I think. I find that like when 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 people I've I've spoke to a lot of people about this and when when they're when they're struggling with anxiety like the most simple things like you know just organizing the morning got to send this email got to do it everything seems 10 times bigger and harder than it actually yeah. is do you do you find that as well sometimes if I don't do my plan of action the the night before I come in I'm like right I know I've got to do that but what was it I had to do and I'll start getting anxious. Right, I can't find it. What? Lately, calm down. You just—it's there somewhere. So if I forget to do the plan of action, it, which which happens, then I, I start having a go at myself. Um, and I—I'm I, not sort of clinically um, diagnosed with OCD, but I suffer with OCD myself. I have to check everything three times. So light switches go on and off, on and off, on and off. I, I walk around the cooker going off, 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 off. Back door, lock, 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 lock. Everything three times. Even though I hate odd numbers, everything three times. <laughs> um, absolutely. But no, I just, yeah. If you've got a plan, if you're organised, that will help your anxiety. Um, but it's like if someone says to me, we're going somewhere new, a new place today. I'll be like, yeah, great, great. Shit. I don't know who that pl- where that place is, who works there, what they're going to think of me. And I'm thinking, I don't, I do, shouldn't really give a shit what people think of me. As long as I'm not hurting no one, you know, I'm not being put on this earth to be loved and liked by everyone. No. You know, someone called, my, called me Marmite the other day, like, you either love Lee Glenn or you hate him. 
I'm like, well, people can hate me, but they won't have a valid reason to hate me. They just might not like me. My personality might not suit them, or I might not be the right fit for them. But so be it. So what? I've, you know, I'm not going to lose no sleep over that. Yeah, but... I think I think I think if you, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely on the on the quadrant of 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 never sitting on the fence. Right. That's kind of my my style. Growing up has always been. I had a lot of good mates. I had a lot of good, lot of great relationships, but I'd always have a bit of animosity with certain people. I'm not, I'm not argumentative for the sake of yes. it. I'm not aggressive. I don't fight people, but I'm just not the guy that will sit there and just keep the peace for the sake of it. I'll have an opinion. Yeah. And yeah, you're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that's quite common in in sales and leadership roles. That, um, and but then it's challenging when you when you're trying to manage people with all different mindsets and personalities because you know you don't always naturally gel with everyone. No. But as a as a really good leader, you've got to work out the best route. Um, but I think when it comes to the branding side of things and your marketing message, it helps to have a bit of an opinion. Like I, I don't yeah. think anyone who's just vanilla on LinkedIn gets noticed. Like if you just like no. you know the, even the people who are like they're putting out posts like you know. Yeah, uh, would love your thoughts on this. I'm like, what you're doing is you're, you're just asking questions and expecting people to put their opinions on a post yeah. that has, has no fucking opinion. Own opinion. Put your own opinion on it. Like, at least yeah. if you say, I think this, what do you think? People yeah, will disagree, people agree. It gets, it gets engagement. Um, but as a leader, you know, people, yeah, not everyone, you're not there to be liked. You're there to be, to drive it forward. I think, I think the, the rule I live by with, with work is if we're if we've got an issue or there's a problem i will come to the i will come to the enemy front line and deal with it for you or with you but when we're we're celebrating successes i'll take a step back and you can celebrate it yourself yeah um like you said not everyone's here to be liked you know as you as your organization would know you spend more time with your colleagues at work than your friends and family and all you've got in common is the carpet you walk on yeah um you know not everyone's going to get on well but as an adult you've got to appreciate you're being paid to do a job and you've got to get on with your colleagues at mutual respect you don't have to go and socialize with them outside of work but just get on with them inside of work um and no matter what happens you know you have that courtesy and you you have that level of you know speak to someone with that courtesy and they will speak to you with courtesy back um, and that's the way, that's the, the, the rule. Even if someone doesn't like me, I won't come down to their level. No. I'll still speak, I'll still speak to them with respect and, um, give them the courtesy that they still deserve because like I said, it's not, it's not their fault that they don't like me because. It ain't your <laughs> fault. It ain't your fault. No. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I'm interested in Lee is your, your social media activity, right? So you, of all the people in recruitment, I know. You know, I can count on one hand the amount of people that were making videos maybe 18 months ago. Now, everyone's making videos. And, and I, I think, you know, I, I'd like to think I've contributed to that shift. Yeah. But you were one of the earliest I remember that was confident to talk about mental health, talk about the healthcare sector. Um, you just were, you weren't just a shrinking violet. You were, you were, you were opening up online. Where, why did you start doing that? What made you start doing that? Do you know what? Uh, I didn't want to. At the time, I didn't have not a lot of people to talk to. I could talk to my mum, talk to my close uh, confidence, um, but I, I didn't have a lot of people that I talk to. And I, I felt like when I get up in the morning, I speak to myself in the mirror. I look in the mirror and I speak to myself, and it feels like I'm talking to someone else. 
And I felt that helped me. So I thought if I can, if there's a way I can deal with my mental health, like putting feelings down on paper, because it's coming out of your brain and coming out onto paper, or speaking to a camera, and then just pretending that's like, I'm speaking to someone that's listening. Um, and it really helped. So in, I, I don't want to become sort of an actor on camera where I, I'm telling people about my feelings and I'm actually becoming that actor and showing you those feelings. I want to show genuine feelings. So when I'm on screen, they're my actual genuine feelings like at the time where I can't cope. And if you can see me from like rubbing my eyes or wiping a tear, that's actual tears. It's not like I'm pointing it on thinking of a sad film to make myself cry. And I want to show people it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay that you suffer. It's okay that if you've got anxiety and you can't do something for that day, it's okay. Or if you're depressed, if you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to gambling, if you've got an addiction, it's okay. But as long as you take that first step, that's the hardest step. It's like a baby learning to walk. Do they give up when they fall down on their first step? No, they pick themselves up and carry on and fall down, carry on, fall down. You've got to take that first step to then take the next two, three, four, five steps. If you don't take that first step for yourself, you're never going to be able to deal with it. And well, that's why... So, so you made the steps. You didn't really... It doesn't sound like there was a huge strategy behind it. It was just, I want to talk, I'll put it on camera, I'll share yeah. it with the network. What's been the impact, though, to you and your business as a result of doing that? Because you've been... I think you've been pretty consistent over the last year or two. Yeah, so the impact... Um, one, I don't do it to get business. I do it because I want to help people, and especially on LinkedIn. I receive oh, about 35, 40 messages a day thanking me and saying, this is how I feel, this is what I'm going through. And I'm like, that's what I wanted you to do, just to put it on a message. How do you feel now? Like, and then give them my advice on how I've dealt with it. Hmm. Not, a clinically, not a clinical advice, not qualified advice, just my advice on first hand. Um, and it was there was no strategy to it. There was, there, was no, there was no strategy to it. It was just like, put it on LinkedIn, put it on social media, and then if someone reaches out, if it's one person, that's good enough for me because I want them to show that you can be a businessman or a businesswoman, you can be a teacher, you can be a racing car driver, whatever. You can still, you, you're, not, you're not kryptonite. You know, you, you, you're going to have something that's going to, have an impact and especially children as well you know we can't forget children children do suffer no matter what people say they're too young to suffer no they suffer because i feel like if me not having a father i think that had a huge impact on me yeah a really big impact so i think it's on everyone children's upbringing um they will remember children remember no no matter what people say children remember so they will come up to an adult and they will remember their child life and it might put them into depression. It might put them that make, make them anxious because they've seen something as a child. Um, but like I said to you, Sean, you just got to take that first step because without me taking that first step and talking, I don't think I'll be it. No, I really wouldn't. I don't. I think I'd attempted it again. I think I might have been successful. Um, but well, things happen for a reason. Well, you know what? I'm, you should be proud of yourself because you, you're not only fighting that battle every day and being open about it. You're also managing people. You're building um, a business. You're contributing to the economy. You're helping back to people, younger people. And you're 
you, for no for no agenda, you're giving out a, a support to people. What LinkedIn's audience now is getting bigger and bigger. So it's yeah. Um, you, you, well, it's you not think, Facebook no more, is it? <laughs> no, well, it's it's yeah, definitely. Yeah. But LinkedIn's becoming more like that. That people are sharing yeah. more than just work stuff. They're giving absolutely. It, and I think you know, it's and, right to do that. I think it is right to do that because work is work, business is business, but personal life is business as well because it affects you. So if, why not put it on? You know, you do get the LinkedIn, please, saying this ain't Facebook. You shouldn't be long here. Well, no, actually, it should because it's just showing people that if you work in this environment, it's okay if you're suffering or you're you're, you're putting a funny post on because it cheers people up. But if that was the case, you know, well. if that was the case, no no business would do would do corporate social responsibility, would they? They wouldn't. They wouldn't no. invest in charities. They wouldn't talk about Black Lives Matter. They wouldn't talk about homophobia they would we wouldn't talk yeah. about anything but fucking what we traded so absolutely me, that's absolutely it's bullshit and to yeah. me all right i get why we don't want uh, well you don't necessarily go on linkedin to see memes of cats jumping out of trees like you might no yeah no of course but, yeah. but people sharing that they've got kids and that they're struggling and they're doing this and they're doing that i, I don't think this is just my opinion i don't think you can be a top performing uh professional in in almost any market without being more of a person than just a professional. You have to be more of a person. You have to, you know, just just offer it. Even, even, let's look at a doctor. You know this world better than me, but right? Yeah. I went to a doctor very recently, and this is partly why I've been battling with some stuff, right? I had a, I've had a health problem that um, I, had a blo- I had a blood clot that formed in my back when I was running through this 75 hard that they said there was a small chance it could be something serious, right? Um, now I went to one doctor in the NHS. I rang that one 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 number, and I went to the to the hospital in, in Essex. I went to King George's Hospital in Haynot Way, uh, Chadwell Heath, and I got this doctor who, I, I mean, I don't blame him. He's working on a Sunday. He's, it's not a great glamorous job, but what a miserable bastard! Like, didn't want to talk to me. Was just typing the whole time. Didn't even look me in the eyes. Turned around when I showed him my my lump. He was like, ooh, and he he made me feel crap. Right, you yeah. made me feel awful. Fast forward two weeks later, and I'm on a video call with a with a doctor at my GP. Young guy, similar background to me, was like, you know, we're talking about where he's from, and you're right, he's asking me the questions to diagnose me. But I just felt like I felt so Making relaxed. You feel at ease. I felt so relaxed around him, and and, yeah. and I told him stuff I've not told anyone, and yeah. you know, thankfully nothing nothing was wrong, but. Um, that was a really tough couple of weeks and that doctor being a person, not just an expert, he, had to, he has to be a fucking expert. He can't get the job otherwise. Yeah. He was a person first. And I think that's what, to me, that's what the power of brand social media and that's what LinkedIn allows people to show. As long as you're not acting, as long as you're not, like you said before, as long as you're not trying to be someone you're not, yeah, that's absolutely. when you'll fall down. But if you can be, if you can say, this is me, this is what I'm about, this is what I do, and, you know, be funny if you're funny, be serious if you're serious, be sad if you're sad, um, I think that's the way forward, personally. No, absolutely, yeah. You've got to be honest in who you are and what you feel, um, because people will buy into that. People buy people. Mm. You know, they don't buy from the businesses that you work for. They buy, they buy from people, and, they, mm-hmm. and they, they buy into that person. So, yeah, no, um, if, you, if anyone's feeling that they're, or they shouldn't put a video on because they might be judged, don't feel like that. Put it on. You know, put it on. If, you're, if you want to put your feelings out there, put it on. And that's why I've got a YouTube channel. You know, I've not got many subscribers. I think I've got 90 subscribers. 
I don't do it for that. I just do it so the content's there. Yeah. If anyone yeah. wants to go on YouTube, they can just look at it and they can see the videos. Yeah, I get it. Well, look, mate. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time and sharing more detail around what you've been up to. Because thanks get, for the invite. We, we get lots of little clips from you, and and for me, I feel like I've 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 learned a lot, and, and I feel better for it myself. Um, if anyone wants to reach out, Lee, I know I know the answer already, but you'll be open to a chat, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Social media, so Instagram, Mister Recruitment, Twitter, Mister Recruitment, LinkedIn, Lee Glynn. Um, so well, yeah, I'll tag you. Job. I'll be tagging you on LinkedIn as a result of this, and obviously, I'll give you all the content to share. But guys, if you're feeling a bit down, if you're feeling like there's there's challenges, you know, whether it's speak to Lee, speak to me, speak to anyone, but speak to your family. But the best thing is, don't leave it. Don't 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 hide yeah. it. Don't don't bottle it up. Um, and and do get in touch with Lee if you feel like it'd be a benefit. Lee, um, thanks, mate. Keep in touch. Let's let's get you on again in the future and see how how much the the reliable healthcare group's grown. Lovely, Sean. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. Have a good, uh, good Friday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you too. Right, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is The Rag is Back, season three. You can already sense what's happening. We're going to be getting under the bonnet of people's personal lives. We're going a bit deeper in this season. We're not just going to be talking recruitment. We're just going to, we're going to be getting under the bonnet of the humans that run these businesses and what, what the hell's going on in our lives because, you know, running a business is fucking hard, but being a great person, being a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, any, the, the, we've got so many jobs. Um, hopefully through the show, I can, I can help connect people and share, share stories. And together, we will build this industry and we'll get through it uh, stronger. If, you, if you're enjoying the show, do me one favor. I don't ask for any money to listen, but please do pass it on to someone you think will benefit. Share it to a friend, a colleague, because uh, that's, that's why we do it. Um, I'll be back again next week with another episode of the RAG podcast. In the meantime, stay safe. I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online, and we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing force. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team 
or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.